Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Sussex by the Sea podcast, a podcast about all things Hastings United. On today's show today, we have Hollington manager Scott Price. Here he talks about his side's return to league action as they fight it out for promotion in this COVID-affected mini-league. We also have Rye Siegel, Hastings announcer and matchday Twitter aficionado, bringing us exclusive pre-match and post-match from our women's team's return to action, with thanks to Andy Corrigan and Jay Skinner-Swain. And finally, Hastings supremo, Chris Akata, talking players resigning, his ethos when working with players and what makes a good one. Also his thoughts on what's happening to his beloved Gooners. Enjoy Hastings fans, over to Scott Price, Arlington manager. Scott, how are you, first of all? I'm good, yourself? Yeah, yeah, not So, Scott, what's it feel like to be back with your, your team, your side? Have you have you met up with them yet? Yeah, we had a friendly on Tuesday. Yeah? And how did that go? I mean, it must have felt fantastic. Uh, it was all right. Against Stars Academy. Oh, um, OK. They were young, fit, and made us look. <laughs> but the thing is, they've been, they've been together all through the pandemic because they were a school... They're overseas players, so they could carry, they could carry on if you like. Yeah. But no, it was good. I mean, I tell you, it was there. Panache plays for your twenty-one. Oh, right. Yeah. He, he plays for them and stuff. But yeah, it was good. I think we lost about seven-five or something. I can't remember what the score was. Yeah. But yeah, it was good to be back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have you kept the majority of the team together? I mean, I mean, it must be difficult. Well, what am I now? I've been managing twelve years overall. I think. This little period now has probably been the hardest ever mm. because it's, it's, you're in between players who, be fair, pretty much like myself, who just don't care as such because you've, you've missed football so much. And, yeah. You know, with uh, coming to, like tomorrow, I'll just I'll read some names off. You've got Danny Andrews, Wes Tate, Jamie Crone, Glenn Woodhurst, Brett Patton, Karen Smith, and Baylor all missing. Oh, wow. Because every single one of them, apart from Danny Andrews, is injured. They're all working, mm. and it's you know when when, I, when the league proposed what they're going to do to the clubs, obviously I had to propose this to the players because there's no point me saying yes and no one wanting to play. Mm. It was very very fifty fifty, and because every other team in the league were going for it, it was almost like. <laughs> can't really be the only team to say no. Yeah. So I rallied around, got a few players together who, you know, like, like Jack Dixon, yeah. a couple of the under-18s. I didn't want to stop the ones that wanted to play. Yeah. Just, you know, I mean, people say about, oh, you signed him, you signed him, but the reality is I can only, I can only play two players that have played eight or more games at senior level. Oh, blimey. So, you know, you look at my team, I've got Callum Smith, Baylow, Dale Penn, Jack Dixon, there's four players. I can only pick two from that. Oh. So everyone's, you know, it's just, oh, you've got this, you know, but the reality is you can only play two anyway, so. Oh, okay. So, so it's, been hard, it's been hard to get, um, it's very hard to get a squad this weekend because we've got games Saturday and Monday. You know, we start tomorrow. All yeah. Always sporting infield. You know, I've got, I've got a side and yeah. on Monday, I'm hoping I've got a side, but, you know, we haven't played for so long. God knows what they're going to feel like Sunday morning. <laughs> you know, and, then, and then play again Monday. But then... bit creaky. Yeah, it's going to be... It'll be we'll just, it is what it is, you know. It's... I'm surprised the league put the league title on it. Now, that's what I was going to ask you, mate, because I, I, I have been keeping up with some of the stuff going on, but I was going to say, so there is, in this mini league, you, if you win it, you 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 you've got the title. Yeah, they divided the two leagues into two, the league into two: the, the top seven and bottom seven by points per game. And then we was going to start with zero points, everyone. And then the league last week decided they're going to do points per game as well. So we start on we start two points behind Sydney. Yeah, I find it a little bit unfair, not so much on us, but on like Sporting Linfield and Willingdon, who have got even if they won every game, I think they would struggle to win the league. Yeah. It's, you know, the only thing I think the integrity of it might struggle with, say for argument's sake, a team loses maybe the first two, three games, are they going to show up for the, you know, 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just think they would, but you know we've we've seen it before at this level of football. Where I don't know, but you know the league itself. We have, we have sixteen league games left when it when when it was shut. Mm. I think we was four points behind Sydney. Was still to play them. So if we were looking at way of winning the league I suppose we're probably in a better situation because it's actually in our hands now Yeah. where before we were needed to be to drop, up, drop points elsewhere I don't know but then if, if I'm honest with you we just want to play football yeah I, I was going to say it's not about winning the league it's not about it's just about trying to get back back to normality yeah I think everyone's I mean I know I mean officially well, I know from the fans point of view we want to get back out there supporting our teams and that and I'm sure once once the uh, the gates are open properly at Hollington, you're going to get a bumper crowd. I mean, when when is that? The when's the first week that officially you can have people in? I think it's the twelfth. Which, if it is, I think it's only we're only about to have one game, which would be our last game of the season. Well, it could all matter then, couldn't it? That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? That'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I said before, I said people on, on um, social media, mm. we can't actually stop people coming into the ground. Yeah, I know, that's not for you, yeah. I mean, that's not for no. you, what what, what no. that goes on. I mean, some of these it's rules like, are ridiculous. It's United. Yeah. Hastings, you know, it's, it's, it's Hastings Ground. They've got gates, they can lock it up. Mm. Whereas us, our, our club is open to the community. Mm. You can walk your dog on the pitch, it's, you know, there's that sort of club. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a few dog walkers, mate. <laughs> well, yeah, back on Monday, it's 11 o'clock. Is it 11 o'clock kickoff? No, that's not doing you any favours, is it? 11 o'clock in the morning. I suppose you get it out of the way and then... I suppose, yeah. I suppose it gives you the rest of the day. You know, it's like on a, on a Saturday, you kick off at two, but it's, your whole day's gone. So you can't do nothing in the morning. Yeah. yeah. But we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, well, okay, well as, as you're saying, you know, you, 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 it sounds like you're trying to scrape a team together because of work and everything. I mean, it's, it's tough times. But how's... Dicko, did Dicko play the friendly then? Yeah, exactly. Yeah? yeah, and and yeah. and what, what's does he look? Does he look like near 80 percent, or was he nearly spot on? Or he looks fine for our level, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, be fair to Jack. I mean, people, you know, we have been criticised by Jack, but Jack, right? You know, he's played for me for years. Yeah, you know, we've got a connection. It's not like I've just gone out and tried to sign all the best players. Yeah, you, know. you you Wellington don't mind a bit of criticism anyway, do you? You love it, so don't. I won't be bothered. Oh, we love it. <laughs> we could, we'd always get criticism. You both, no, I mean, the only, the, only, the only thing that annoyed me a little bit with that criticism was the year before we played all these academy players at Hastings, hmm. and no one, no one seemed to care that I was dropping players to play these players. But if I hadn't signed, you know, Sam Sam Pratt was no one that signed. Hmm. You know, hadn't signed these players, we wouldn't have side. Simple as that. Yeah. I mean, literally, I think I've got about 12, bare 12 tonight. Blimey. But I've got to have boots. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's stress that is, mate. That's, that's... It is considering I've got about 50 players signed up. And they're bubble. Is that all through work? They just can't make it? Or mostly, <laughs> yeah. mostly. I mean, I say Danny Andrews, unfortunately for him, he might look into a tie now. He's done his knee playing a five side on Monday night. Um, he's only just come back from a knee injury. And oh, is it? Oh. Yeah, so that's a little shame. Brett Pans, he's struggling with groin problems. You know, it's just not... You know, when you, when you talk to these players and you you do want them to play, but, you know, I'm not a manager who... I'm not going to... I'm not going to jump up and down and run down the streets if we're going to have worse to win the league. To me... Brett's groins are more important. That sounds wrong, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't quote you on that, mate. Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, it's more important for Brett's health. Yeah, of course it is, yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, he want, he's young, he, he wants to play football still. And yeah. he was just to come because we're short players, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't sit right with me. Mm, no, fair dues. It's entirely up to them, you know, I've not put any pressure on the players if they're working. I mean, I've worked all through the pandemic. Mm. I've got, I think this is the first time I've got actually time off work since, you know, I worked all over Christmas. Yeah. So, you know, when people say, oh, I heard you resigned, I haven't resigned. Just, if my missus decides we want to go, she wants to go to the zoo when it opens, I'll be going to the zoo. Yeah. yeah football will come, will come second. No, fair to It would never normally do. But in this scenario, like anyone else, it was because we've been cooped up. You know, it's not just football has been cooped up, family's been cooped up. Yeah. 
And once everything opens, if she wants to take the little one to the zoo, who am I to say no? Oh, yeah. I know I'm down not catch as soon as it opens. Yeah, of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My four-year-old's, uh, yeah, she's, she's, she wants in there. Well, so you you were saying about this league. So you this this final game... Our final match is on the bank holiday Monday. Definitely on the Monday. It's a home to Willingdon and it's 11 o'clock kick-off again. So I know it's... It's the third, yeah. Obviously, you know, I you get as many people in there as, as you can. Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, obviously, we go down to the pilot field as well to play Sydney on the week before that. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, Sidley are playing a few games at the pilot field. Yeah, they're yeah. playing their three games there, yeah. And we got them our second to last game. All right, well, well, there'll be a lot of people bunking over a wall, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Getting I chased about. <laughs> I think by then you may be without supporters. Oh, I bloody hope so. 24th, I think, man. I know, it's just it's ridiculous, mate. I mean, um, anything else, Scott? Um, you want to say because I mean one of the things I wanted to mention was because I see a lot of stuff that you put up on the I don't know if it's yourself or whoever runs the Hollington social media that you get involved in, in a lot of um, good causes so is there anyone that you want to mention or shout out you know in terms of all because you, you are involved with quite a lot of stuff locally uh, to be fair I mean it's, it's something like I said before the the, the area in Hollington is is a very unique area you know, people, if you're from Hollington, it's a wonderful place. If you're not from Hollington, you think, what the hell is this place? <laughs> it's one of them places. But, you know, they, they rally together. And Dom's, Dom's food mission, obviously, is a big one who's been on board of us for quite a while now. Mm. Uh, he he now uses the football club to feed people from his van. At the moment, because of the um, pandemic, he doesn't use the clubhouse. So he, he parks a couple of his vans up in the clubhouse and... You know, he gets over 60 families, over 60 families in the area. Mm. And I think it's going to get bigger and bigger because, I mean, hopefully I've never been in that position, but I can imagine a lot of people a little bit proud to do it. Yeah. I think once they get, they get wind where, you know, no one gets judged, no one gets asked, you know, are you really, do you really need it? Mm. Just turn up, he gives them whatever they need. And then once the pandemic's over, you know, we're in talks with him coming into the building and, and using it to cook as well for people. Oh, nice. The homeless. And I think the council will be involved as well because it's just, there's more, you know, we're not people, you know, while we are arguably the second biggest club in the town, you know, we're never going to be in the situation what Hastings are where, you know, people compare us unfairly, unfairly at both clubs, you know, Hastings are our business. They're looking to, you know, I imagine they're looking to get to at least National South, if not yeah. further. And they should do, especially the size of the town, the size of the club. Mm. Whereas we, you know, we're just trying to, we, we, got to look, we, we, we want to move up, of course we do. But yeah. at the moment, with the ground, it's, you know, we're a long way from anything. So, you know, what we can do is help the community and, you know, trying to keep, Kids off the streets, etc. With free football as well, which we do in the summer. You know, all the time we can do things like that. We will. When's that starting up again? Then that, that summer football. Um, that will be down to it's, again. It's all up in the air at the moment because we use Hornsire. Yeah. We use all use Hornsire, and it's, it's a great facility down there. But obviously, cricket's back now, and from what I'm hearing, I think Hornsire is getting knocked down next year or the year after. Oh, is it? Yeah, this is, this is the problem with, you know, we spoke about before with the facilities in the town. It's, it's pathetic, really. You know, we, this is why the, the town does need a new facility, mm. whether it be up Tarkion or Sam or whatever. You know, the town 100% needs something. Yeah, we definitely deserve better facilities. Complete agreement. I mean, so where's the cricket team going then? They might be going Claremont or something like that. I'm not sure. Oh, is it? I don't quite. Oh, okay. I don't. I know. I know that they are supposed to be getting rid of Hornsire. I think it's just costing too much money. Oh, blimey! It's crazy. I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm surprised they, the football and the football wasn't never put there. To be honest. Hmm. Well, let's send this on a. Let's send it. Sound like we on a downer here, but it's it's great to have football back, and and what I'll try and do is when we're posting this out I'll make sure I mention it loads of times particularly that last game I'm going to put all your fixtures out in case people are um, accidentally walking their dogs near your ground 
but um, the the definitely the last fixture as well because uh, you know we, you know the, it's a lovely little ground you got and um, particularly if hopefully you lot are playing for the title it'd be a great yeah, thing possibly, to watch. Yeah, I mean if we if we are then then Christ yeah you know it's, it's, I imagine it'd be even in there. I remember we played Sydney when we won the Sussex Premier League a couple of years ago and. I think there was there was easily over 300, 350 people in there. Oh, excellent! It was, the neighbours didn't like it because the car, the road wasn't very. <laughs> unfortunately, being in a, a council estate, you get that. Yeah. All right, and Scott, well, listen. Look, thanks for your time, mate, and um, I hope it yeah. I hope it goes well for your lot. Yeah, much appreciated. And I, I might be walking my dog on Monday, even though I ain't got one. I got four. So I bought one. Oh, is it? I'll borrow one. All right. <laughs> okay. You take care, Scott. Yeah, and you. See you, mate. Bye. Here's Rye Siegel with his pre-match, match review and post-match from the Hastings women's team. I'm here before the match with Hastings United women's coach Andy Corrigan. Andy, how does it feel to be back at the football? Buzzing. It's just good to be back training during the week and knowing that you've got a match on the weekend to work towards is... It's just a brilliant feeling and I know the girls are buzzing to be back as well. So during the lockdown, the most recent one, we made a few signs including Georgia Tibble, Holly Carter and Blair Hamilton. So what do you think they're going to add to the squad and how they integrated so far? Uh, they've added competition. A lot of the girls know they've got to work harder now to be playing in the starting 11. And competition can only be a good thing for the rest of the squad. So obviously this season's been disrupted by COVID and the likes. So I guess the question is, as a coach this season, what do you want to see your team do come the end of the year? It's got to be the league title. That's what we set out to do from the beginning of the season and hopefully we can get there as a team. Along with the signings, going back to that, it's added to the squad. So we've got a squad built to win the league, I believe. So we just have to wait and see if performances match the ability of the squad. OK, thank you very much. Andy Corrigan. Right, Ryan, absolute pleasure speaking to you. This uh, exclusive match review from yourself. First of all, what was it like? What was it like seeing seeing all the players again? Uh, give us the full feel, the pre-match feel, and how the game went. First off, thank you for having me. It was just the anticipation and feeling of being in a football match. It's, like, it's an unrivaled feeling, and it's just been missed so much because you enter the ground... It's just a buzz, and you can feel the excitement of the players because obviously this was the first game they played in quite a long time as well. And in terms of the match, I don't like using the term a game of two halves, but you can almost classify it as that because the first half was kind of end to end, neither side was really able to settle down. We were on top, but we didn't never quite sort of put a stamp on things to dominate. Whereas in the second half, we managed to do that and limit Burgess Hill to very few chances. We ourselves played some really good football, had most of the possession, and obviously scored three goals in the second half to confirm what was a deserved victory. Oh, nice. Okay, so I mean, any, any sort of standouts from the game, player-wise? Yeah, my player of the match was uh, one of the players making her debut, Georgia Tibble. She... Just her footwork was fantastic. She looked a menace the entire time and got two goals, including an absolute peach, a sort of 25 yard curler, which no goalkeeper in the world could have saved. There were also a couple, the other two recruits made their debuts. Holly Carter looked a fantastic presence in midfield despite being only 16, and Blair Hamilton was living up to her nickname of the washing machine. She kept a second half clean sheet, dealing with everything that came her way. And in terms of other standout performers, uh, props to Naomi Corrigan, who had to step in four minutes into play at left back, a position of less natural to her because she's an attacking player and did quite adequately there, so well done to her. But otherwise, it was a great team performance. There were a number of standouts, and they can carry that confidence through to the challenge of Eastbourne Town on Wednesday. Okay, and is that in Eastbourne or is that at the pilot field? Wednesday's matches at the pilot field. There is only one away friendly, which is next Sunday at Crawley Wasps Development. Yeah, you take care, right? Uh, and you too. Thank you. Yeah, bye bye. I am here with Jay Skinner Swain and Andy Corrigan after the use 4 1 victory at home to Burgess Hill Development Squad to restart their season after the COVID lockdown. 
Jay, how are you feeling after today's game and return to form? Uh, it's really good to be back. I think we were all getting a bit <laughs> bored, a bit itchy feet in lockdown. Good to get 18 girls out there and get some minutes under their belt. Uh, yeah, it's looking positive. We'll keep building our, over our next two friendlies ahead of the restart of the league. This one goes to you, Andy. So, new signings in action today. What did you make of them? What do you think they'll contribute towards the end of the season? I think from what you saw today, they've had a big impact already. Well, it's added competition to the squad. Along with what Jay's just said, There's, we've got so many girls and we've to be able to give them all minutes today is what it's all about. The results are bonus. Do you think these friendlies, because we've got three friendlies, Eastbourne on Wednesday and next Sunday, Crawley. So how do you adequately, do you feel these friendlies will prepare you for a return to league football? Do you think that you're going to rotate a lot? What do you think the key is going to be to using these friendlies to their optimum advantage? Well, today we went for a different approach in formation-wise. So we went for a 4-2-3-1, uh, which pre-lockdown we didn't do. But the new intake of players have sort of forced our hand, which is positive. But it will give us more time practising that. But in a way, it's trying to juggle that with time on the training pitch, which can also be very beneficial because, of course, you can only play 11 players on a pitch at a time. Changing the formation has been a bonus today. I think it gave us more space in the middle of the park. And with the formation, it just matches the personnel that we have. So we're very good going forward. And the players have not a free role, but they know their jobs. But they're open to attack more. Thank you very much, gentlemen. That will be all. Over to the boss man himself, Chris Hackater. Hey, Aggie. Chris, how are you all right? Not bad. Not bad, mate. How's life? Yeah, all good. Yeah, yeah. You cracking on with that beard, mate? I know. Well, yeah. it's the hair more than anything. I've, I mean, I've had a, yeah, it's the hair's wild. <laughs> everyone else seems to be breaking the rules on the lockdown front. Like, everyone oh, okay, everyone else haircut. is coming with, yeah. with trim haircuts, whereas I'm <laughs> walking around looking horrendous. But got to, got to try and make the best of it. Well, talking of haircuts, I saw, I know we're going off topic here, but saw Dicko playing for uh, Hollington and he's got a very tidy haircut. So he's definitely been a naughty boy, I think. He's he's a man. Uh, no, to be fair, I think he's, um, I think his other half does it for him, actually. So oh, I, right. I do think, I think, because I, I saw him and I commented on the fact that his hair looks as immaculate as ever. And he, he yeah. said his, his better half had been doing it. So, but Dicko, Dicko uh, takes pride in his hair. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It's a good haircut. It's very black as well. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not suggesting nothing. Anyway. No, 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 no. To be uh, fair, that's all natural. It's, oh, it's, is it? Uh, oh, right. okay. There's no cover up. She's just blessed when it comes to <laughs> hair. So, yeah, it's all good. Reason that you got you back on again, Chris. Obviously, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to the boss. The boss. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, we've 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 just signed a few people up for contracts, which um which is nice. Uh, the veteran players, particularly, you know, we need that spine mm. in the side. Is there any more coming up, or is this? Have we got any business? Do you think we're going to be doing before um, the season? Yeah, no, I, I, I think we're. I think we're pretty much on the squad. Last year, we're we're pretty much we've retained. I think ninety ninety nine percent of them. To be fair, it's just oh, a couple that we're that we're waiting on due to I'm not really footballing reasons, but more changing circumstances. But yeah, no, I think I think we could announce signings on mass tomorrow obviously it's important that information goes out gradually to keep oh, a good yeah, flow yeah. of information rather than, rather than all in one hit which i think the club does really well to be fair i think it keeps a good flow of positive information so yeah. but yeah no in the main we are pretty much there in terms of last season's last season's squad obviously we we, we uh in a positive way lost david and ben ward so it's it's a case of replacing them, and I mean we're we're in a really good position. So when I originally took over, it was mm. it was a real challenge to try and attract players to the club because we were near the bottom of the league and we were going in a different direction. And it mm. was it was quite a I don't think Hastings was seen as a particularly appealing club, other than wages were were decent. Whereas we obviously opted to go in a different direction, and um, we were right at the start of that journey. So attracting the the right type of player was originally really difficult and now the challenge is we're we've obviously 
done well last couple of years mm. and the type of football we play and the sort of progress we've made, uh, we've made has meant that we can now attract lots of players. It's more a challenge of attracting the right, the right ones. So, yeah, there's players outside of Hastings currently that, that we're looking at and that we're speaking to. But for me, the main thing is is, is um, giving the opportunities from within within the yeah. academy set up. So who's the next Ben Ward, who's the next David, Adam Lovett, Jamie Fielding and Cohen. And, uh, you know, to be fair, the academy's going from strength to strength. And, um, I mean, we, we played Eastbourne Town first team um, this past Saturday with... Yeah an under-19 team with an average age of 17 years old and we're very competitive. So when you think that we're doing that to teams a league below, it shows the, the, the positive progress the academy's made, but also like the, the potential of the players that we've got. Yeah, I mean, I saw some of those in the... Uh, well, when I talked to you about the Bexhill game. Um, mm. And, yeah, there does seem to be a lot of talent. And, that, and that's one of the reasons why I got you on uh, again, Chris, was just talking about the, you know the expert eye from my perspective I've been doing it a long time right mm. so I'm just short of 20 years of coaching you don't look uh, old enough Chris no I know I started really I started when I was 15 so yeah. and having the management side of things I'm a novice at really I've only been doing it as you know sort of for coming up to five years whereas I've been actually coaching and youth development wise been working for, as I said nearly 20 years so you know, I, I don't think by any means I'm an expert, but one thing we're starting to see now is with more and more lads going to pro clubs, you're starting to see trends and starting to see definite sort of comparisons between players. And mm. that can obviously help with the, the process of the next player coming through, really. I think, to be honest, I think my my big thing is is if I've got a young lad, how would I want them to be treated if I was their parent? That's that's my that's my big big thing is would I be happy if that was my son or my child being dealt with in that way or being given that sort of guidance and direction or support and I always sort of think if if we can get ourselves in a position where what we're asking from the players is is if I had a parent's hat and I'd be happy with that, you go, mm. not too far wrong. There'll be mistakes and, mm. you know, we've made plenty of mistakes. Like in, the, in my time at Hastings, there's, there's players that have, that have slipped through and where I'm a lot softer now than what I was four or five years ago. I'm a lot more laid back and probably a lot more empathetic than what I was. And I, I, think, I think we're definitely in a better position now to, to work with the players and develop mm. the players. But it's all, as I said, it's all experience and all the time. It's a willingness from our perspective to learn and, and keep moving forwards and review what you do. And if you make a mistake, move forwards. And it's a lot of it's trial and error as well. Mm. But what we're starting, as I said, starting to see is definite trends and definite traits among players that are pushing on and things that we've done or not done. You go, well, we're not too far, not too yeah. far off it. I mean, do, do you have to treat players differently? I mean I, I mean, I wanted to kind of really look into like what you look look at for a player. The the big thing is, is I think when we talk about players, we're talking about human beings and we're talking <laughs> about young men. I think that's the most important thing. And I think every, like the whole, the idea of being treated equally. Um, so for me, the equality is the right to be treated differently. And and I think that that is good coaching in terms of, Everyone is different. Yeah. Every everyone needs different um, types of support and different yeah. types of advice. And I think if you can if you can not generalize and take each individual in their own right, mm. I don't think you can go too far wrong. Yeah. Uh, and I think ultimately, if you're if you're genuinely your motive is let's try and help this young man or mm. young girl boy, girl, whatever, if you're trying to help them fulfil their potential, there will be mistakes, but you can't go too far wrong. And yeah. I think if you if you get to know the person and you get to know the individual and, and what pushes their buttons and, and what motivates them, then I think as soon as you know the human being, then you yeah. can start really moving in the right direction. And so there's, there's players at first team level that I treat completely different to other players. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. And I, and I think that I think that is good coaching in terms of being able to differentiate from 
uh, your Jack Dixon, for example, to your Jake Edit. They're two completely different people. And yeah, I, as I said, like with younger players, it's getting to know getting to know them. And also, like the a challenge for me is is when I deal with the younger lads. Obviously, talking outside of the academy is not all of them will become Hastings United first team players. Mm. But that doesn't mean that we don't try and help them fulfil their potential. So I know there is some lads that 90%, 95%, some of them 99% won't play for Hastings United. Mm. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to try and help them fulfil their potential. Yeah. Um, and I think if you can work with that sort of attitude towards each player, tailoring your work on an individual basis with a view to this, try and help them achieve their, their potential. As I said, I don't think you can go too far wrong. Mm. Well, I suppose it's that having that time, isn't it? And giving them that time. Yeah, I, I think often often we have it with, obviously we work closely with teachers and the education mm. programme side of things to create the under-19 programme. And I think forever the challenge is, is is to sort of treat people how you'd like to be treated yourself. Yeah. And to be fair, I've made loads of mistakes. And, you know, I've said things and you think, oh, even 20 minutes later, you think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or oh, that was a bit that was a bit much or you go the other way, oh, I was a bit soft with that. I could have yeah. been a bit stronger with that. And I think, but again, ultimately it's just communicating with people and talking to people on the level. So, you know, I don't, I don't really talk down to people as such. I, I just try and have conversations with people and it's quite an informal process. I think it's quite a human process. It's like, mm. you know, it's not sitting down in the office, looking someone in the eye and saying, we're doing this. It's not necessarily out on the training pitch directing a tactical session I think I think coaching now more and more it's, it's the informal conversation in the corridor mm. where it's just a like, as I said an informal chat on a human level rather than being dictatorial or directing people I just mm. I just think it's the best way to go well the results speak for themselves if Covid hadn't come along mm. yeah yeah I, th- I think and it's not just on an academy level it's on the first team level mm. as well like and it's amazing where just by being honest and straight with people. Like, don't get me wrong, I, you know, I don't want to give off the impression that it's all um, flowers and roses and it's all lovely. It's Group like hugs. Valentine's Group Day. hugs. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, part of, I think part of being treated how you'd like to be treated yourself is to be be straight with people. So, yeah, like, absolutely. You know, like, for my thing, if I'm not delivering, I want to be told, you know, I want to know where I'm falling short. And we're the same with the staff. So, you know, like amongst the staff, we review absolutely everything and we're brutally honest with each other. I think, again, that that's how I would like to be treated. And I think in terms of like player development and dealing with different people, I don't think you can go too far wrong. They might not like what you say, but ultimately it's with the best interests at heart, not just being not being horrible for the sake yeah. of it. You're, you're trying to work towards improving them as a person and ultimately from a first-team perspective, winning promotion. Mm. Well, just going back to what we were saying about what you look for in a player, like so mm. I know there's different things for different levels. You'll have obviously someone that you're looking at if you want them in the academy mm. to a first team player. I mean, is there anything we touched on when we were speaking about the Bexhill game and just what from that that sort of le- that level, what do you look for if you were at that game? What are you looking um, for to excite you? To, I to think, think, hang on, he's got something about him. I think everyone has their own personal preference and their mm. own personal bias, like in terms of what they look for. I, I've forever sat in rooms with coaches where they reel off what players can't do. And I almost sort of think sometimes it, it gets over, well, what actually can they do? Yeah. So just trying to, you know, because ultimately if the players could do all the things that they that we've highlighted they can't do, then they wouldn't be at the level they are. <laughs> They'd be playing. So I think it's, firstly, having an awareness of what you're dealing with and the level you work and yeah. the level that's in front of you. So a player pulling up trees at Bexhill United is different to a player pulling up trees at Hastings United, let's mm. be honest, because the level's mm. different. Mm. So I think it's having an awareness of what you're looking at. As I said, personal preference. Like, But as a general rule, the big thing is we're working more towards character and personality. Mm. So we... So physicality and character and personality are two things that are the most difficult to develop. They're the most difficult ones to affect. You can make people quicker, but not significantly quicker. I've never seen someone turn a snail into Usain Bolt. I've never seen it. So, and personality and character-wise, obviously you can have influence on that, but it's very difficult to 
to change with limited time. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's more what their home life looks like and stuff like that, which is very difficult for, for us to impact. So there are two things that we look at straight away is go character, physicality. If they're ticking both them boxes, then the, the other areas in terms of touch and, yeah. and, and technique and ability to handle the ball and the tactical side of it, we can affect a little bit more. They're a lot easier yeah. to affect. So, yeah, so, you know, in a general view, if, if, you, if you're looking at someone and they can get around the pitch... And and when I say character, it doesn't mean shouting and bawling and having a gut yeah. people like little things like uh, seeing a winger when a, when the opposition fullback is overlapping and the winger just lets them go and leaves their fullback hanging out to dry. Mm. That tells me something a little bit about their 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 makeup between yeah. their ears. Whereas if you see a Lamrazis who will die to get back <laughs> to help his fullback. It's a reflection of sort of his character and personality. Mm. And I, like Ben Ward last year, I, I knew Ben was going to push on. He, it was before the Herne Bay game. Mm. And in the middle of a team talk, you know, a massive game, biggest game that Ben would have ever played in. He uh, interrupted me mid-flow in the middle of a team talk in front of everyone and said, Aggie, can I just stop you there? I just need you to clarify what my role is today because I'm not 100% sure. Wow. As soon as he said that, mm. I thought, yeah, he's got a chance because mm. he didn't care about potentially looking embarrassed in front of his teammates. Mm. He wasn't fearful of or worried about a reaction from me. It was, no, I want to get it right. Yeah. And I'm prepared to put myself in an uncomfortable situation to mm. make sure I've sort of, and I can do my job. And mm. whereas 90% of the other younger lads are just, everyone understands, yeah, nod and smile. Yeah. And in fact, they're not sure. And so that when Ben done that, I thought, yeah, he's, he's going to go. Like he's going he's gonna to push on. Yeah. So straight away, if you've got those sorts of traits and as I said, physicality, like with Ben, another good example, left footed, you know, you got much, you know, it's a fact, you've got much more opportunity to progress in football if you play off your left side because there's that much fewer left footed players. Mm. He, he could get around the pitch, big, strong, tall, things that we can't affect. So he ticked the box character and personality wise. He was not exceptional athletically but he ticked a lot of boxes mm. and then all of a sudden it's like well we can work on the on the on the technical and tactical side of it so yeah it's a long i know it's a long answer to the question but <laughs> but again it, it i think it goes back to my original point about treating everyone individually so mm. what you look for in a winger is completely different to what you look for in a center back i think it's just having an understanding of the game and also and as I said, an awareness of what you're looking at and not, and looking at people's strengths rather than their weaknesses mm. is look at viewing pe people as right. No, they can't do that, but let's help them along the way rather mm. than just dismiss them because they can't do this. Yeah, but they can do that. They mm. can do that. So let's, mm. let's try and um, develop areas for weaknesses, but also develop super strengths as well. There's a lot of people talk about areas for development. Well, what about making, say someone's a brilliant crosser of the ball? Yeah but they're not so good at their finishing. My, I reckon a lot of people go loads of work on finishing. Yeah, but we don't need to work on the crossing. He's great. Well, actually, why don't we turn this kid into David Beckham? Mm. And you go, he's an elite, an elite, unbelievable crosser of the ball. Mm. Yeah, he can't finish, but if he, if he goes into a wide area and he's on the ball, this mm. guy is elite. You know, he's the best. So I think it's important with development of players. It's identifying weaknesses, yes. We'll work on them, yes. But also, this kid is great at this. Let's let's really give him an opportunity to practice it and become, as I said, elite at uh, a certain thing. So like a super strength. Actually, just popped into my head. When I was, I was chatting with David Rodari a while back and he was talking about he, 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 he did a video and he put it round and I think that, I don't know if you saw it or that's how you caught up with him. Do you get many of those? Get yeah, loads. I get absolutely loads. Yes. Um, and how the, do you the file sad, them? Well, the sad thing is, is I, I make a conscious so since David in football. It's funny because you'll message someone in football mm. and they won't reply, and it's just like accepted, and you just think, well, that's rude. Mm. <laughs> and it's amazing the amount of like people that I've spoken to. It might just think might just be me but um there's a lot of people i know that say oh it's just football it's just what it's like people don't reply and you think well, that's rude so i've always made a conscious effort to reply to every single and acknowledge every single mm. email or message i've had from mm. trialists either the trialists himself or an agent i always make sure even if it's thank you for the email 
or contact at this moment in time. We don't have yeah. any opportunities, but but just genuinely being sort of courteous. Yeah. And so, and it, it's funny when when we when I reply, the next message is always, "I'm so surprised that you reply because not normally people do." You just think it's unbelievable. Oh, but but yeah, and the the David the David story was I got an email from his brother who who changed his name from what his actual name was and uh, basically pretended to be David's agent, not his brother. And so then oh, David right. come up, yeah, hello. And then David come over and he'd done all right. He was a winger, come over it for two days, trained and then played in a trial game. And he didn't blow anyone away. Like, it wasn't like, wow. Like, when, when you first saw Tom, it was like, mm. like TC, you thought, wow, this kid's like, he's, David was nowhere near like that, which is which is why he's a really good example to a lot of younger lads in terms of like it was just he was he wasn't particularly big, he wasn't particularly strong, he wasn't particularly quick, mm. he wasn't I wouldn't say a, an amazing finisher. He just he played left wing, and he just looked like a little bit like Ronaldo. Was like, yeah. and so we were like, oh, you know, it's a lot of hassle because of international clearance and stuff mm. like that. But we sort of thought, no, let's go with it. And then he, you know, he had to wait like 10 months for international clearance. It was mental. Mm. But he was overtraining. He relocated. He moved in with us. We ended up moving his position to down the middle. And just through, it was his work ethic and, and desire and hunger to improve and just to take on board information. Again, personality and character. Yeah. You know, I, no one could give David that. That was, you know, that was, that was, that was him. And obviously, whether that's natural or nurture or his family background, but whatever it was, it, you know, certainly had a great outcome for him. And he just worked so hard. And that's really what sort of propelled him to do what he's done. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's injured at the moment, isn't he? I think yeah, he's hamstring. He's hamstring, yeah. 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 I mean, I know everyone wishes him well, and he's such a nice bloke. You know, if only for those injuries, we'd have seen a lot more of it. He probably would have gone a lot sooner because he's, yeah. you know, he's a good, very good player. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I know we all wish him the best mm. at Crawley. So you know, you obviously you get a lot of people to think they know what they're talking about, mm. and um, yeah, and I know you tolerate a lot of that. But <laughs> which was it was lovely, by the way, to see all the the gang again at the Hollington game. We were all walking our dogs at that point, yeah. and you know they're all talking about football manager. What's what's all that about? I mean, I'm not a fan. I I played that back in the day, but like. Yourself. I was, um, sorry, I was, I was championship manager back yeah, in the day. Yeah, see, that's, I'm, I was yeah. championship manager. Yeah. But, you know, and then it's like, it started glorified spreadsheet, you know, the new mm. one, the, this thing. And it's like, you'll hear them and they're, they're, they all sound like they're experts talking mm. about these. And you just think, this just you just a set of numbers. A player, as you've just said, a player yeah. is a set of numbers. Yeah. To a degree I, it is, I suppose, but... No, I, I think there's a lot of pub, uh, we call it pub chat. Yeah. Right pub level of football like conversational chat which is fine I mean and I'm not thinking, well, I don't want to sound like a snob or anything like that like mm. because I'm I'm conscious I make a conscious effort to be really open mm. like whether naturally my natural inclination is to listen to people I'm not sure but I've sort of trained myself over the years to mm. be really open because one of my things is I hate it when you're talking to someone and you know they're not listening that re- it's a real bugbear of mine you know when they ask your opinion and then when yeah. you're talking they then go on their phone oh. like it's just like I, so I hate that mm. so I, I try and I try and acknowledge as much as possible and to be fair like my, my wife sometimes said to me she said why do you listen like well, you know, <laughs> it's, it's sort of but it's more like I think basic manners and sort of also being open I, I, mm. so I think don't get too stressed out by it and too mm. worried by it I, I think it's I think there's loads of armchair critics that have an opinion, but when they have the balls to put themselves in the situation to go and to go and actually be, you know, like there's, there's that saying in it, it's the man in the arena. It's like a quote, it's up in the office in terms of actually, you know, you might fail, but sort of at least at least you had the, the balls to get yeah, out there and put yourself absolutely. out there. It's that sort of thing. So it used to it used to bother me more, whereas it doesn't now really. And I think, I think often what you find is well when people talk, you don't have to say much. They normally hang themselves with with what they come out with. So like, you know, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm they pretty contradict, to it. They usually contradict themselves every two or three weeks. Yeah, they, so. yeah. I always think as well in football, it's it, it, it's ultimately about winning. Mm. So so we could we could deliver the best 
working week on the training pitch and it be unbelievable Guardiola level of coaching and then lose Saturday mm. and we'd be rubbish whereas we could we could not turn up all week have yeah. no plan and we win the game and everyone's like this guy's a genius so mm. I just think it's so it's so results driven that ultimately the only thing that matters is, is putting points on the board especially at a club like Hastings where we have been as successful as what we have and it, it is very much not all or nothing because I, I think I think we do have obviously other positive outcomes in terms of selling players and moving players on. But ultimately, a club like Hastings should be, you know, like supporters-wise that could compete with the likes of Barnet in the National League and Dover in terms of being able to attract supporters. A club like Hastings should be should be at a higher level. And so, yeah, sort of accept it for what it is really. It's, it's very much results-driven. Well, thanks for your time, Chris. I've got to no, leave no you on worries. this. I've got to leave you on this, though. I want to, I need, we need to talk about the Arsenal. Right. Yeah. Please what, don't. What, what, what are we thinking? What, is he is he going to stay there for a few years? Do you think? Do you think they're going to be loyal to him? Uh, it's so difficult to comment until you know the ins and outs of, and that's not me sitting on the fence. It's a bit like a little bit, it, like, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It, but it's so genuinely, it's so difficult to. Uh, so I'll, again, if I relate it to this position at Hastings, is people mm. will go, "Why so and so not playing?" Oh, it's ridiculous. He should be playing when, in fact, like people don't see what the week leading up to yeah. it looks like, and, and and you know, and then we're not privy to all the information. But I just think, I just think from Arsenal's perspective, it's I don't know. Like that's that's probably the problem. You never know what you're going to get. Mm. I don't think the recruitment's been particularly great, and I think rec- recruitment is everything in football. I think you could be the best coach in the world, but if you don't get your recruitment right, you can only do so much. So. You know, you look well, at why David do you think Lewis. that, Aggie? Because like you lot have been, your team has been playing good football. I mean, I remember back in the day when you were Longball Arsenal, yeah. But like you've been yeah. years and years and years a, a very good passing side. So what 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 went wrong with the recruitment? Do you think? I think it was a bit of a slow death, to be fair, because I don't think we ever really replaced Sol Campbell, Kylo Torre, mm. that ilk of defender. I mean, like a, an elite level defender, an elite level yeah. centre back. And I think it's sort of, it's happened over time. It's been a slow decline. But what I would also say is I think a lot of Arsenal fans would now would now love to have had Arsene Wenger back and would yeah. love to be in the top Old four. Arsenal fan TV, eh? So I, th- I think perhaps, perhaps in hindsight, you realise what a good job he'd done. But mm. also, I, I, ju- I just think it's, uh, again, a common sense is so lacking in football, I find. No, I genuinely just common sense thinking. Like in terms of when we're coaching, I don't think we do anything particularly groundbreaking at all. I just think we look at the game and we work back from that. What does the game look like? Well, training needs to look remotely like that. And that's it. It's nothing mm. amazing. And I think from a recruitment perspective, it's the same. What this is how Mikel Arteta wants to play. This is what he wants his team to look like. Mm. Therefore, certain positions need to be able to perform certain actions and certain roles. Well, let's go and get the players that can do that. Mm. So, Mikel Arteta wants to play over back four, but they've re-signed David Luiz on a two-year contract who really is only a top defender in a back three. Yeah. You know, like in, whenever he's played in a back four, um, he's traditionally yeah. struggled. Yeah. But Arsenal have put him on a two-year contract with oh. a manager that wants to work towards playing over back four. And you think, oh... Who's in charge? Again, it, like, but again, it's just like common sense. I just think, yeah. well, you know, what's the sort of, what's the thinking behind that? So I just, I just think, um, I think recruitment's the main thing, Chris. But also, I, I get the vibe with because Bamiang got, got dropped in it for, mm-hmm. I don't know which game it was, and that got put out there publicly. Yeah, and I, and I do think that as soon as you do that with a player who clearly, who's a world class player or was yeah. a world class player. He's club captain. I think as soon as you start doing things like that, you're treading on dangerous territory. And yeah. you almost you almost need to draw a line in the sand. So I different sort of situation, really, and obviously a completely different level. Mm. But we had the similar sort of thing at Hastings where mm. I made a decision to basically move on the club captain who was fan's favourite. And it was it was a really uncomfortable time in amongst mm. some really poor results when we first took over. Mm. But I sort of you almost got to draw a line in the sand and go this is what I'm going to do and you've almost got to be quite stubborn with it and go this is what I believe in because mm. what you don't want to do is get caught half and half yeah, and have 
what you view as a problem in the dressing room festering. And then all of a sudden you get potentially, again, I'm just sort of reading between the lines. You then got what we saw against Liverpool where you had a front four that looked like they were disinterested and certainly weren't fighting for the team. So, but what do I know? Yeah. (laughs) No, Chris, thanks for your time, mate. And um, pleasure. And, uh, well, we'll be, we, are you going to be going to any of the, the games at all? I mean, I know you were potentially playing for uh, Westfield. That doesn't look like that's happening now. You're, oh, you're going to see your fees too much now. No, it was, it was when, because um, I, I originally messaged Mark and just said, because mm. I, I, I sort of thought, oh, I want to get out and yeah. run around a bit and play a bit, because I play a bit of six sides. And mm. I just thought, well, you can go and do a bit of training and all the rest of it and just sort of stay active really yeah. rather than, because um, Saturdays were pretty clear, and then and they put a massive announcement out. I was like, oh no! Like mm. I, I just I literally want to run around and have nobody know who I am. Like, I don't want anyone like watching. So when they said no spectators at grassroots, I sort of like celebrated a little bit. Mm. But but to be fair, it was workers ramped right up again. So like and with the with the academy, like the twenty threes, nineteens, eighteens, because they're part of education, we were able mm. to come back a little bit earlier than. The rest of grassroots. So mm. we've been we're we're back at it doing a normal week, other than the first team, and have been for about two months now. So mm. so yeah, we're 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 um we're flat out. So in terms of me having time to go and run around and pretend to be a footballer, it's uh it's well, limited I, at the minute. Mr. Heritage has received some abuse. I heard him uh, called uh, a poor man's Philip Schofield up front with that hair. Well, it's better than being called a poor man's Ralph Harris. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they were shouting out he was Kenny Rogers as well. I mean, you know, and he's, oh, I, I don't know. How he, he gives it as good as he gets, though. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how he does it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So he played, he played on the Saturday, then he played veterans on the Sunday, mm. then he played six aside on a Monday. It was just, it was just mental. So yeah, if I, if I'm that mobile at sixty, which I definitely won't be, and fair play, but. No, he's top man, top man, Pete. Yeah, he is. Chris, take care and have a good day, all right, mate? Cheers, Chris. Thank you. All the best to the family as well. Same to you, mate. Take care. And that's it for another episode, Hastings fans. I hope you've enjoyed this one as much as I have. Remember, any feedback or suggestions, please email me on hufcpod at gmail.com or catch me on the Twitter at HUFC Podcast. Also, please visit our YouTube, which is Sussex by the Sea Podcast in your search engine and give us a comment, a like or two, and most importantly, try and subscribe. All that's left for me to say is, I've been your host, Chris Laverick. Hope you have a good couple of weeks and see you again. game.